You are about to hear a program that was pre-recorded earlier this year. Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Welcome back once again to the Corner of Truth and Courage. You're listening to Fortress of Faith. And this week, we're talking about terrorism, about the growth of Islamic terrorism. The major groups that we know of, of course, is Al-Qaeda, responsible for the 9-11 attack, which happened uh, here a few years back now. Many people have been born since then who really do not remember, do not recall. You know, they didn't live through it, but there are many of us that remember. We were here. We could tell you exactly where we were when this event occurred. And I, like many other people, recognized right away, our world will no longer be the same. This is now ushering us into a new era, a an era where we are real, really well acquainted with Islamic terrorism. I remember, you know, everyone was asking this question. Uh, why did they attack us? Why do they hate us? Why do Muslims want the destruction of America? The problem is, is that we didn't go to the source to find the answers. We turned to the media, and the media started beating a drum that uh, this is not real Islam. This is fake Islam. Let's answer that question first before we get into Al-Qaeda. Yesterday, we talked a bit about the Muslim Brotherhood, how they began, and why I believe that they're the most dangerous terrorist organization on the face of the earth. Why? Because they put on a facade. They act like they're politicians and statesmen and and so on there, when in truth, they want to infiltrate into your country and destroy from within. They are the uh, Trojan horse mentality. Now, they do have arms that are outright militant like Hamas. We talked about that yesterday. If you didn't catch that, you can always go to our website, fortressoffaith.com, fortressoffaith.com. Click on uh, the radio tab, and you can listen to past shows and catch yesterday's broadcast. But Today, we're going to look at uh, Al-Qaeda. But before we do, let's answer this question. Real Islam, fake Islam. If we listen to the media, if we listen to what some Muslims want us to believe, they're going to tell us that, that those who are militant, is fake Islam. You'll find it in the Quran, yes, but it belongs in the 7th century. It doesn't belong for today. Islam is a peaceful religion. and Those who follow the true Islam are going to be peaceful. That's what we hear. But the truth is, that's a lie. How do I know that? Because I've gone to the source. What's the source? You can always tell what is true, the true faith, by what the founders said and did, and what the scriptures, when you read them in context, what they demand. Let's look at Christianity for a moment so we can kind of lay out a case. Is there real Christianity and fake Christianity? Yes. There are some parts of Christianity that teach salvation by works. Is that biblical? No. Uh, What is biblical is true. If you follow what Christ said and did and follow the scriptures, 
And there are some denominations, some churches out there that are not teaching true biblical Christianity. Those who do, that's real Christianity. Those who do not is fake Christianity. There are some who took the sword, like the Catholics many years ago took the sword and did in the name of Jehovah God, wield the sword against those who did not agree with their doctrines. They did it against non-Christians and even other Christian groups that were following biblical Christianity. That was not real Christianity. How do we know? We go to the source, Christ and the scriptures. So in Islam, if we want to know the real Islam and fake Islam, we got to go to the source. The source is Muhammad, who's the prophet who started the teachings of what we now know today as Islam, and the scriptures he gave us, the Quran. And how do we study what Muhammad said? We study the Hadiths. These are the traditions of Muhammad's teachings and and what his companion said he did. And so we study all those together, and it becomes very clear. Militant Islam is real Islam. That's what Muhammad did. That's what he commanded the faithful to do. And the Quran, if you read it in context, commands you to do it. There are peaceful passages, yes, but they have been abrogated and replaced with the later passages. In chapter 2, we're told very clearly that abrogation is a teaching in Islam. Allah, so in other words, Allah changed the rules. And how to, and, and what happened there? Well, simple. When Muhammad was uh, in Mecca, he was, you know, now you've got to realize too, he was making a lot of this up. He was a false prophet. And he borrowed a lot of Christian teachings that he learned. And so he was delivering those things, but the Arabs didn't receive him. And so he gets thrown out of Mecca. Uh, he's teaching pretty much biblical tenets. And, uh, and he goes up to Medina thinking that the Jews will receive him, but they don't receive him. So the Jews don't want him. The Arabs don't want him. Now, all of a sudden, he changes the rules, fight those who believe not. Now he starts taking up the sword and kills those who speak against him and so on there. And then he gains all of Arabia in the next 10 years, and Islam is born. Uh, the latter replaced the earlier. The militant replaced the peaceful passages. And that is true Islam. So those who are jihadis are truly following what Muhammad taught and commanded them to do. Those who study their faith and study Islam are more likely to truly believe in jihad, in warring against evil. Jihad means to war against evil. Now there's the social economic, geographic issues that are going on in the world. And we have the beginning of an organization in modern times of uh, terrorism. We had seen stuff coming in the 70s from the Shiites. The Shiites are a smaller group of Muslims there. They have terrorist groups just like the Sunnis do. And a follower, a Sunni Muslim, and the difference between Sunni Muslims and Shiite Muslims, Shiites believe that the follower, uh, the, those, the man who follows Muhammad as the caliph, as the emperor, must be of the bloodline of Muhammad. The Sunni Muslims believe 
whoever Allah wills. He doesn't have to be blood-related. And the Sunnis actually are more correct in that. And there are more Sunnis, about 80% of the Muslims in the world. But some of them are fundamentalists, like Shiites. Some of them are fundamentalists. Many are not fundamentalists. And what I mean by fundamentalists, I'm talking about they're following the true teachings of Allah. In uh, Afghanistan, we have to go to Afghanistan back in 1979, the Soviets invaded Afghanistan. There was a war there. It went on for 10 years. And a group was born that was uh, Arabs, and they would call themselves the Mujahideen. Now, of course, this country was led by Muslims. And Osama bin Laden was a fighter in the Mujahideen. And that actually, Mujahideen is where we get the word jihad from. So these were fighters, warriors against evil, against the Soviets who were invading Islamic lands. Now, he was born in Saudi to a wealthy construction family. His father is a billionaire. And so, you know, he had uh, uh, ways of, of, of and means to um, organize followers and fund them because of his own personal wealth through his family. He had a co-founder, Abdullah Azam. Abdullah Azam was a Palestinian Islamic scholar, a mentor to bin Laden. These were friends, and uh, they both fought in this same war, as well as a few others that will come on board with them there. Uh, Assam didn't last very long after um, al-Qaeda was started. He was killed in a car bombing in Pakistan by other Muslims in 1989. I find it interesting as I study Islam uh, Muslims kill as much of each other as they do non-Muslims. It's a religion of the sword. They keep claiming each other as apostates and go kill them because they're apostates. So how did um, Al-Qaeda form? Well, in 1988, this organization began with a series of meetings that was held in Peshawar, which is in Pakistan, called the City of Flowers, in 1988. And it was attended by Abdullah Azam, Osama bin Laden, Muhammad Atif, who just uh, died back in uh, not long after 9-11 by American uh, strike there in November of 2001. He was one of the first of al-Qaeda leaders that we were able to get to and kill. Then you had uh, Aman al-Zarari. We'll talk about him maybe in tomorrow's broadcast. Um And these were veterans of that Soviet-Afghan war. And they met together to war for Allah against the evil that was in this world. And uh, during that war, the Soviet war, the Americans were funding the Mujahideen. We were giving them um, weapons and intelligence and everything to fight against the Soviets. We wanted the destruction of the Soviets in that war. And so we were funding the Mujahideen, and it turned out that we were actually training those who would then turn on us. And Osama bin Laden began to, uh, from this meeting, uh, pronounced a fatwa of jihad against Israel and America, calling America enemy number one. And he even called the House of Saud, the Saudis, uh, takfirs, uh, apostates of Islam. As I said, they declare each other apostates. And so uh, they were taking a holy stand 
against the evils of the world and to do the bidding of Allah. So this is how it began. And tomorrow when we come back, we'll start talking about its attacks towards America before 9-11. We were asleep at the wheel. We weren't paying attention. And it wasn't until 9-11 that we woke up. But we need to be aware of the what led up to it. Well, that's going to be it for today. Hope you'll join us again tomorrow at the corner of truth and courage. God bless you. I have an urgent and heartfelt request that we hope will touch your hearts. Underground churches are growing in Iran, and there are brave individuals who have chosen to follow their faith and become pastors, yet they have not had any formal training. These pastors, however, face tremendous challenges in pursuing their calling. I'm flying to Turkey to meet with other missionaries and to teach Bible doctrine to these pastors and to mentor them in biblical ministry. I get this for only $200, these Iranian pastors can travel by bus to neighboring Turkey. Our goal is to bring 30 pastors on this journey to equip them with the knowledge and skills they need to properly feed their flocks. Imagine the impact your donation can make. Your generosity can transform lives from one of the darkest corners of the world, Iran. Please open your hearts and give today. Your donation, whether big or small, can make an incredible difference. You can give today at our website, fortressoffaith.com. That's fortressoffaith.com. Or call us at 800-616-0082. Again, that's 800-616-0082. Thank you for your compassion. And thank you for making a real difference in the lives of these brave pastors. You just listened to a pre-recorded program from earlier this year.